0: This is CliffCentral.com.
1: Welcome to The Opinion Booth. My name is Sonia Booth. She is a doula, a pastor. She works for an investment bank and she is a finalist in the Mrs. South Africa competition. Yes, all those titles belong to just one person. We are going to unpack these roles and hats one by one. Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> Sherry and James. Your, your your name. You sound. You should be a movie star. Sherry and James. It's like you're in Hollywood. I you know, yes. like am Elizabeth
2: D- Taylor. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome
1: to the opinion Booth. Thank
2: you for having me, Sonia. Thank you so much. It's good to be here. I'm Thanks. I'm 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 glad I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you can make it. You know? yeah. Thank you. So now you have another title. Yes,
1: that of mum yes. to Joshua yep. and Abigail. Mm-hmm. We live in a society where you are constantly judged mm. You are constantly under scrutiny mm. An ambitious, hard-working woman is told You need to spend more time with your kids and partner Or you are neglecting your kids You yeah. are neglecting your husband mm. You are neglecting your partner A stay-at-home mom is labeled a gold digger <laughs> or lazy Yeah Let's not pretend like these that's conversations true. are yeah. not are not it's real had. They yeah. are. It's real, mm-hmm. right? How do you juggle parenthood and career? How do you find that work life balance?
2: You know what? To be quite honest, Sonia, I've been thinking about this for so long, um, and we all we're constantly trying to find balance. You know, and um, sometimes we forget to live in the moment, and that's exactly where I am in my life now. Is that I'm I'm just learning to throw myself into each moment so be it spending time with my babies i'm there i'm present i'm paying attention to them i'm making the most of that moment and um you know whether i'm at work or at church but wherever i am um, i soak myself in the moment i make the memories i'm i make sure that my kids understand that i love them um you know i make sure that they fold with love from mom as well so it's not as if they're lacking anything when i'm not around um, but in that as well, you know, you have to make sure that you've got a system in place as well, um, a good support structure. I've been blessed that, you know, we have phenomenal. I've got an amazing nanny. Um, my husband's amazing with my kids. Um, and, you know, just family and friends that are always there to help wherever they can. So that helps. So, you know, when mommy is... A Tammy Taylor, Mr. South Africa finalist, and doing all these events and stuff, their love tank is full, but they are also well taken care of as well. So I think it's just, yeah, just soak yourself in the moment and enjoy it, and your kids will understand. They really will.
1: And Now, you, you obviously it's Women's Month, yeah. and unfortunately the hashtags are uh, femicide, um, gender based mm. violence. I mean, those hashtags are trending daily. Yeah. I mean, just the other day we had Kinsani yeah. who committed suicide yeah. because of a rape. And I'm, I'm always curious, you know, when, when people have a boy mm. kiss, how do you raise your son yeah. and you also have a girl. Yes. So obviously you need to find a balance. Yeah. I'm curious as to how do you, how do you raise your boy, um, when you consider that the conversations out there are that the boy child is mm. neglected because yeah. now the focus Mm-mm. is so much or too much on a girl child. And how do you raise your girl to be self assured yeah. and self empowered? You, you need yes, that balance, right? So need, tell me yeah. as a mum, I mean, obviously you, you, you can also speak, uh, yes. you know, on behalf of your husband yeah. as parents. What mm-hmm. are you instilling in your, in your boy? He's only five, yeah. but
2: yeah.
1: foundation phase, yes, right?
2: Yes, 100%. So, you know, with Joshua, our whole parenting style with him, in fact, with both our kids, is to make sure that they understand love. Love in its purest, in its truest form, that they know mom and dad love them. Um, and they always, you know, we assure them of that. We make sure that they are so confident in that love that, they don't need to go out there to find anything else as well. And that's really our plan with our kids as well, is that they understand they are loved. They are confident. We boost that confidence at home. You know, we never tell them you can't do this. The word can't doesn't, you know, it's not in our vocabulary at home. You can do it. My child, if you want to do karate, go for it. And, you know, we we you've got our full support. And I think that's important that, you know, your kids need to understand, you know, in their home environment that um, who they are. They need to have that space where they're allowed to grow Where they're allowed to have those Crazy personalities, I always say don't Suppress the babies, don't don't suppress them Don't mold them into something that Naturally they are not born to do But you know, if you see certain Gifts in them or if you see certain You know, personalities, and I'm not saying leave them To be rude or anything, but if you see they're feisty That's okay, it's okay to have A feisty girl, I love, I love The fact that Abigail, you know, just runs The roost and she does her thing and I'll never change that as well, because that's her personality. And I wanted to be a strong girl. The same thing for Joshua. He's wild. He's bouncy. He does everything. You know, he there's nothing that Joshua won't do. You know, he'll roar like a lion if he feels like it. And just allowing them the space to do that, you know, instead of saying, because I think we say no too often as well. And again, I'm not saying, you know, leave them to be naughty or rude or Um, you know, forgetting their manners or anything, but just give them the space to be themselves. And at home, that's the place where it's a safe place, you know, and they should understand that so that they're not going outside looking for all these, um, you know, for people to affirm them or for wrong friends or any of these things. But they know at home I get everything that I need. So when I walk out that door to school in the day, I'm good. I'm confident. This is me. I'm happy. There's nothing lacking. And um, I'm ready to pour my love out on the world in a good way.
1: Mm, and she is a <laughs> breath of fresh air as well. Now, you are a certified and registered yes, doula, I as am. mentioned in your introduction, right? Yes. So, now, do you know the Greek definition of the word doula?
2: I do. It's a woman assisting a lady in birth, a birth assistant, as far as I'm aware. <laughs> no. Well, 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 you you're going to you teach do? me, well, Sonia. Well. <laughs>
1: Well, obviously, I mean, you, you clear up about your own. Uh, I know what she does. Uh, you, 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 you know exactly what you yes, do. Yeah. But it was interesting because what I found, I mean, the definition, the Greek definition, that is, because it is a Greek yes. word, was a woman servant. Yes. Just like that. Yeah. A woman servant. Insulting mm-hmm. for someone who plays such an important role. Yeah. That of giving support to a woman who is due to yes. bring a soul to mm. life. What mm. have you got to say about that? I know you have an opinion on that.
2: I definitely do. And um, to be quite honest, I don't feel that the word servant is entirely a bad word. Um, I believe in serving others. I believe in putting other people first. And that's exactly the reason I did this because I love being there just to be able to serve someone. You know, sometimes we, we want to throw money at certain things or, you know, we look for all these exorbitant, crazy ways of helping others. And sometimes it's as simple as serving someone, serving someone with a smile, serving someone with your love, or just being present and listening to them, helping them through a challenging situation. And it's as simple as that. And that's my whole idea. Yeah I love it. I love serving. I'm I'm in ministry. It's what I do. It's in my blood. It's part of who I am. So Absolutely, I actually love that definition. Thank you. Uh-huh. And
1: look at that! Look <laughs> I'm at that a smile. That, smi- that smile is getting wider <laughs> and wider, closer to the ears so now. Passionate about that, it. I, love I mean, being a, you love. know, as, as as a judge, you know, if I were to sit there on the night of the final and you gave me an answer like that, I mean, it's it, it was it was sharp. Thank you. Very very sharp, which is why Thanks. you see today. Yes. You know, I, I I invite women of substance yes. to oh, this yes. show. Thank you. Know, you. The, the opinion Thanks. booth. You better recognize. Thank so you. So now. What is your role at Girl Talk and how can others get involved?
2: This is um, so close to my heart. So um, Girl Talk, we started about five years ago through our ministry, Royal Kingdom Ministries. And it was really just to create a platform for conversation. Um, I think that, you know, life has become so fast and fast paced that we forget to just have simple conversation What's happening in your life? We don't have those, you know, those dinner table conversations. It very seldom happens in this day and age. And that is really the platform where we talk what's happening in your life. How can I help you? Um, What do you need? How can we better the situation? How are you doing in school? What's happening in your family life? And um, that was really how it all started. And from there, obviously, you know, you do get to meet a few girls who are really having a tough time. And as a ministry, as a church, we also try to help them, be it financially or speaking into their lives or encouraging them or having certain conversations with you know, their moms or dads or things like that. So it's really just an open platform and open avenue for us to just get conversations going because sometimes parents are scared to talk about certain things you know um, my mom's old school so I didn't have all those boyfriend conversations and all those things so I really want girls to have that where it's a safe place where you can talk about it but we assure, we assure the parents as well that you know your girls are going to get good good solid um conversation and we're going to speak good things it's not necessarily to derail them completely but we're giving them good sound advice as well and um yeah there's always room for people to help i love getting in you know successful empowered women as well and you know through the salt taylor missus south africa journey i've met phenomenal women my sisters are absolutely beautiful so you know even that network of sisterhood as well get these women in to talk about you know being empowered and it's okay it really is okay so um yeah people can i love people getting in touch with us and um you know just empowering girls in whichever sphere be it fashion or design or cooking or academia or anything so it's really just a well-rounded you know program where girls can just become the best versions of themselves
1: and tell me, I'm, I'm very curious about yeah. your, 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 uh, one of your other titles, uh, a wealth administrator yes. at an investment <laughs> bank. Yes. W- what are your responsibilities? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm curious because you, you work at an investment <laughs> bank, but you're also a pasta. You know, it's like, know. it's a very lots interesting mix there. You know, you're dealing with lots <laughs> yes, of money on the other lot. side. On the other yes. side, you ask people to tithe 10% of their salary. <laughs> <Roll>. <laughs> Mm, very interesting. Tell me
2: more. Biblical principles, right there. Um, so yes, I assist um, two amazing wealth managers. Um, can I name the bank? No, not. no. They the, the the must bank. pay us for the publicity. <laughs> but um, I work with two incredible wealth managers um, that look after, you know, the cream of the crop as well. And I really just, I'm there to support, um, make sure that you know everything's going well, that their trades are going off successfully. And, um, yeah, I'm learning lots by the day. I've only been there for just over a year now as well. So it's a learning curve every single day. You never know what you're going to get hit with. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting seeing how much money there is still in this country. <laughs> There's still a lot. And, um, yeah. Yeah,
1: it's the problem is is going to one one percent, right? Or you just yes. want for them to tithe a lot more? Okay, I thought you were worried about you know the the, the global good of yes. society. Yes,
2: no, hundred percent. It, I mean, it 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 is a it's an awakening for me every day to see that you know that it is there. The money is there. It's just how do we really get it, you know, to the people? And um, I think that's also been a good experience for me on this Tammy Taylor, Mrs. South Africa journey as well, is that, you know, through the networks that I've made, I'm actually, in a, in a good way, not scared to really ask for help. I'm not scared, you know, if you're fighting for a cause, it's actually, it's okay to ask, you know, if somebody is able or if they are in a position to assist you financially um, for a good cause, for women, for women that we support as well as um, as finalists. And um, it's okay. The money's there. It's there. We just need to, you know, we need the hands as well. We need people who are not scared to ask for it as well because it, it is there and people do want to help. And sometimes just asking helps them in helping others as well. So. Okay,
1: yeah. I'm gonna come to you and ask for money. Lots of money. I will money. come to you, Sonia. <laughs> now, you, 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 you spoken about Mrs. South Africa. Yeah. I mean, why did you enter?
2: For my girls, um, at Girl Talk, that was the, it was at the forefront of this whole thing is that, you know, I, I needed to set an example. Um, you know, we speak about becoming the best version of yourself, getting out, out there, getting out of your box, doing incredible things. But if I'm actually not doing that, you know, I always say people very seldom listen to what you have to say, but they do see what you do. And that is, you know, that's a big, that's actually a big way to get people involved and to see certain things and almost to give them that drive as well and the passion to also go further. So that was really the first part of everything that, you know. I want my girls to see that I'm actually willing to go through this process for them and to see that there is actually nothing that they cannot do in life, that you can throw yourself out there. You can try. And if it fails, it's okay to try again and try something new. Um, One of my favorite quotes for this year as well has been, the thing will lead to the thing. So, you know, irrespective of the outcome of this, it will definitely have set me on the path to the next thing. And it, it, it's just, you know, one step after the other, walking in my purpose, walking in my destiny, becoming the best version of myself so that they can also see that it is actually possible.
1: Now. As a pastor,
2: yes.
1: (laughs) have you had an encounter with a church member passing judgment on on you or pouring holy water (laughs) on you for parading in a bathing costume on stage? You know
2: what? Um, Let me just set it straight. We have a phenomenal, phenomenal ministry. Um, I think they well taught, Royal Kingdom Ministries. We really just teach our people well that. You know, we can't get so caught up in religion and religious acts as well that we forget that we're actually also here to live and to go out there and be a good examples to people and just be nice people. So um, our church has been so supportive. They really have. Um, you know, the other day I posted a picture of me in a swimsuit. And, yeah, even though I swim all the time, you know, in summer, and I'm always in a swimsuit, I love it. But nobody said anything but good things to say And they were like, Pastor Sherry, you look so good You're looking great, well done, I'm so proud of you So even in that, it's okay to just be yourself Because, I mean, really, if you think about it I go to the beach and I swim in exactly. a swimsuit I don't yes. swim in a shorts or like a long t-shirt or anything So what's so different about that? It's me, and it's me being 100% me and nothing else So um, they've embraced it, they've embraced the journey They're loving it as well um, well, my husband's probably loving it more because he gets to be on all these shows And he yeah. anyway, <laughs> says he's Mr. South Africa uh-huh. anyway, Story for another day Okay, okay <laughs> Now,
1: I believe one of your tasks in yeah. the Mr. South Africa competition is to raise funds For the yes. Women for Women non-profit right. organization yes. uh, How are you going to go about that?
2: Well, I am currently planning an event on the 1st of September The details will be confirmed later on this week And really, again, like I say, the money is out there. You just have to look for it. You have to ask people for help. But obviously, we're going to do something for the girls. We're going to have a high tea. We're going to dress up. And we're just going to have a wonderful time together as girls, celebrating Women's Month as well. And um, that's really my whole fundraising aim is that we're going to have fun with it. But I'm also, you know, approaching one or two companies as well who have shown interest, who wants to form part of this wonderful um, Tammy Taylor, Mr. South Africa, Women Empowerment, whole movement as well. So they've really bought into it. They've bought into Women for Women. And, um, yeah, they're looking forward to being a part of it.
1: How about your employer? Because your employer has lots of money. (laughs) That was the first place I went to. We're talking trillions. We're talking trillions in every currency, right?
2: You know what? I have to give it to them. They've been phenomenal this year. And they actually, with our charity ball as well, they've... They've been a blessing there too And yeah, so they're up for the challenge this time It's like maybe we can double it
1: (laughs) Okay, (laughs) now that I still have you I mean as a pastor What is your opinion on pastors who drive fast cars, sports cars, Lamborghinis They own yachts, they charter private jets They live in mansions, they have bodyguards And yet the congregation continues to live in squalor
2: Oh, Sonia, you just, you had to. Hey. Course, it's the opinion. <laughs> you had to go there, darling. Look, um for me personally, I think your walk with with God is really, it's a personal relationship. And I always, you know, that's where I draw knowledge, where I draw wisdom and certain understanding of things as well. And um, yeah, I, I leave it there And you know, I don't judge these people I really can't I, I try as best as I can not to judge anyone in life And you know, if that's the path that they chose um, You know, ultimately God will have the final say And that's just, how, that's my belief My personal belief um, I mean, as churches we do try In our church especially We try to help, um, you know, the helpless Or look after the widows Which is biblical as well We really try our best But sometimes you can't reach everybody as much as you'd like to. I mean, we still have full-time jobs as well, you know, so that's also, it it keeps us grounded as well, that we're giving into um, the body of Christ and we, we are helping the ministry by, you know, offerings and tithes and helping people wherever we can. And like I say, at the end of the day, you know, God ultimately convicts people. And um, whatever they're doing that's ultimately to the detriment of others He'll he'll deal with it. it It's not in my power as another pastor to really talk down on them But um, I just believe that God has the final say And I will try my best, focus on my journey, focus on my purpose And make sure that I am actually in right standing with God And what he expects from me and what he has called me for
1: I'm not a religious person, <laughs> but I believe that um, blessed are the ones who have discovered or established their purpose in life.
2: Yes.
1: How is your journey of self-discovery?
2: Yeah. Um, yeah it's, been, it's been amazing. I do know that deep down inside, um, I want to be a light. I want to be a beacon of light, a beacon of hope that, you know, there's almost a network of um, people who can... Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry. It's <laughs> a okay, network it's okay. of, you know, just people watching over you, um, and seeing that, you know, certain things are possible, um, and that, you know, don't always take no for an answer. You can keep going and push through the adversity, push through the struggles and the challenges. And, um, it's okay. And yeah, that's my whole purpose. Just continue to be a beacon of light wherever you go, wherever you are in the world. And um, just show love, spread the love, show the love, because people need it. Love changes the world.
1: Mm, I love that. (laughs) On that note, what would you like written on your tombstone?
2: Wow. No means next opportunity. (laughs) Simple as that. Simple as that. Next opportunity. It was such yeah. a pleasure having you Thank here. Thank you, Sonia. You are a breath of fresh air. <laughs> Thank you. I and, appreciate it. And that. all the best. I mean, <laughs> Thank going you. forward,
1: yeah. Thank and you so um, much. and you, like I said, you know, we'll, we'll yeah. put pressure on your employer, in particular, <laughs> Be to better. write that blank cheque. Okay, if you need better. me, just call me. You I know will. where to find me. My humble opinion, after I all, will. this is the opinion booth. Self-discovery is about being true to who you really are. The authentic you being birthed and unearthed. Self discovery is about being unapologetically mm. you. Mm. Yes. That's English. Yes, unapologetically.
0: You. This is cliffcentral
1: dot com. Imagine a period of seven years trying to conceive. Imagine twenty two failed fertility attempts. You heard me, twenty two. Failed fertility attempts and more than one million rands in medical bills as a result. Adele Kulin, welcome to the opinion booth. Thank you so much for having me. You are zeal and chutzpah personified. I love that word. <laughs> I mean, I I read your profile and I thought, my word. The first thing that came to mind. I'm not going to lie to you. First thing that came to mind. I thought. <laughs> Can I
0: say it? Self-inflicted torture. Exactly. I mean, what normal person would ever do that to themselves?
1: It's a seven-year-long emotional roller coaster ride. The certain ride that I can not even attempt at, a, at an amusement park. Yours lasted seven years. Take us through that,
0: please. You know, Sonya, if you. Told me that that's what was going to happen I would have said to you, no ways I would never do this to myself Um My husband and I got married in 2009 And our initial plan was to start trying for a baby in five years You know, be married a little bit and have the fun And, you know, travel and do everything And um a year later, he said to me we had had friends over for dinner and we'd had a lot of wine and we got into bed and he said, oh, stop the pull. let's start a family. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> that's a wine talking. And a week later, I was still taking the pull, and he said, but I thought we had decided. And I said, oh, well, you know, I wasn't sure because it was the wine talking. And we, I stopped the pull, and, you know, life will happen. And you never think for one second that things are not going to go the way that they are supposed to. So um, we started trying and nothing happened. And then nothing happened on the flow front either. And I was like, oh, I must be pregnant. And we did the tests and everything was negative. And I went to my gynae and she did the scan. And I I felt like Miranda from Sex and the City, literally, because she said to me, oh, well, your one ovary is lazy and the other one doesn't work. I was like, great I mean, I don't have a lazy bone in my body However, I have a lazy ovary Like, how how fabulous is that, you know And um, I said to her, well, you know, what what do we do now? So she said, no, 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 don't worry Like, if nothing's happened in January Then you both come and see us So January came And we went off And she said to I I still remember my husband's face It, It was so priceless, actually and she said to him, oh, well, we need a sperm sample. And he was like, what? And she's like, no, you just, you know, in a little cup and your wife can take it to Morningside. Now, I live in four ways. I had to drive with this cup of stuff all the way to Morningside Hospital because that's where they test it. And all I could think was, can you imagine? I have an accident. And here's this cup of <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I'm laying unconscious with this. <laughs> Weird much. Anyway, so long story short, um, we got the results back and she said to us, you know, guys, there's like zero chance you need to see a fertility specialist. And we made the appointment. We waited three months and we got to this doctor. And I remember him so like vividly saying to me, I'm going to make you a baby. And, you know, at that time, I was like, "Yay, he's going to make me a baby. And I am by no means the most religious person. But after this journey, there's only one person who has the final say over this. And it does not matter how much technology or whatever you have. It ain't gonna work if it ain't gonna work. And we started and lo and behold I fell pregnant first time around. And you know, I mean I literally I was like, Oh fantastic, baby will be born in December, we can't plan a holiday. I mean I had done everything. i had even planned this unborn child's wedding already. And I miscarried two days after finding out and I was devastated. I, 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 it was the worst feeling ever, but I was like, you know what? It's fine. It's happened. We can do this. And it became like an obsession. Almost where we would go every month for this assisted conception and the scans and the invasion. And I mean, that was the biggest thing for me. It was this invasion of my privacy. I'm an extremely private person. And you're going in and you're being scanned And I mean I even gave the ultrasound Thing, each room was a different ultrasound I even gave them names because it was like Hey Fred, hey George, you know Hey Peter type of thing because that's the, How I saw the funniness In this really Dire situation And after 12 tries of Assisted conception I said to the doctor, you know <laughs> Actually Can we do something else because this isn't working so then we tried he said to me okay well let's try IVF and we started the IVF and the first one you know you go you get scanned and this and that and everything looks amazing and three days later it's not amazing anymore and they say to you they literally just go oh sorry we're stopping the process we just transferred you 85000 rand 4 days ago you, you how do you just stop the process you know and um i did the ugly cry and the scream and the shout and the whatever and my husband like pulled up to the clinic and <laughs> wanted to you know knock the doctor out and whatever and then i sat across from this guy and i said to him you know we have done everything we have Done this scan to check if the housing, as he calls it, is okay, and we've done the sperm sample, and we've done this, and we've done that. Um, can you test the eggs? I mean, you know, and he sort of very matter of factly went, Yeah, up to that stage, we had spent about 250,000 rand. Sure, and I got this, like, you know, why? Yeah, you know, why have you not done Why is that not a prerequisite And we did the test And he phoned me And when I answered the phone I said to him, oh by the way The, the artificial insemination didn't work um, Because, you know I've, I've come on and everything And he said to me, it's the first time in His like career that he has Seen this result that he got So I was like, you know, yes, me like exceeding expectations again, like a plus student, you know, and I have this chromosomal issue on my, on my eggs where it actually leads to early miscarriage. And if it doesn't lead to miscarriage, if I by some chance manage to push past, the child will either be born with a disability or deformity or will not survive past two years of age. So you get this carpet pulled right out underneath you. Because now, that question that everyone asks you, who does the problem lie with? That would be me. Can I put my hand up? And, I mean, I get asked that all the time. Five years ago, I was ashamed of it. Now, you know what? I don't actually, I have no control. It's not, it was a hand dealt to me, and I can't change it. And, um, We sat and they said to us, okay, you can use donor eggs. And it was so hard because I had to sit and look through tons of pamphlets and choose the person's genetic. And all I could think of was, you know, you when you have a child and someone goes, oh, they look just like you. Oh, they have your eyes. They have this. And all I could think was they're never going to have anything of me. But it's okay. We really want a baby. So, you know, does genetic really matter that much? And they'll be half of a hubby, so so we fine. And we tried IVF with that. i I'd then gone to another clinic. And we tried IVF with that. And again, nothing. And we did five. And after the fifth one, I just said to him, I said I can't. I actually I cannot anymore. Physically, emotionally, I mean it it's just Who who does that? Like you say, it's self-inflicted trauma. And I'm paying for it. I'm not even getting anything fun out of the situation, you know. And um, then I found out I have this connective tissue disorder. So what happens is the uteral lining doesn't thicken and the embryo can't implant. So the doctor pretty much sat across from me and said, Mrs. Kulin, you will never be a mother. Just straight out, point blank, there you go. Take it, oh, you can get coffee on the way out, you know, type of thing. Mm. And um, I was like, okay. So I gone home and I now had to tell my husband this and tell our families this. And the sense of failure was so big that, you know, I, I dipped into this, like, abyss of, like, what what is going on? I mean, why me? You know, and that, that was a question for a very long time. And then I remembered, you know, why not me? Who would I wish this on if it wasn't supposed to be me? And um, a friend of mine came from New Zealand And she said to me, we'll be your surrogate And it all, you know, sounds all fantastic But the problem is there's no treaty between South Africa and New Zealand And it's just red tape and everything But we were on the right sort of path And we then started looking for surrogate And, I mean, the. When I tell you, I found some creatures, (laughs) and I call them creatures because I felt like these people had crawled out of the woodwork. And I wouldn't even let them carry a sack of groceries, let alone my precious cargo. And I know it sounds extremely judgmental, but when you have come this far and you've spent so much, and this is your only chance, judge away. Because you need the one thing that's going to look after what you have. So a friend introduced us to a wonderful woman, and she ticked all the boxes. And we implanted, and we found out that we were pregnant. And I'm very much, I'm a, there's a sign, it's a date, it's a sign. I met her on my grandmother's birthday, it's a sign. We found out we were pregnant on my father's 60th, it's a sign. And she miscarried four days after our birthday guess that's a sign too. And she then withdrew. She pulled out. And at the time, I was so angry at her. But if I think about it, I know how gutted I was miscarrying. Can you imagine when that? When your body has to go through that process for someone else? It's not... I mean, I sat here going, I want you to be my surrogate, but I would never do it for someone else. Wow. Because I just... I think I would bond too much. I would be the person that would run away with the baby. (laughs) Sounds terrible. I'm not, I'm not insane. I promise. Well, maybe not anymore. And, um, yeah, she pulled out and then my cousin came forward and she said, she'll do it for us. And we tried twice with her and both times failed. And it was hard because she was someone, I mean, her husband looks at her and she falls pregnant. And she just couldn't get And I was dealing not only with her anguish But mine as well And trying to like prepare her for the If it doesn't happen You know that sort of thing And when the last one didn't take I remember for the first time in seven years My husband when I said to him I'm so done He said to me so am I Sure And you know through all of this, I, I resented, and I, I am so ashamed to say it, but I resented him so much because I was going through this. I was being poked. I was being prodded. It was I, 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 I the whole time. And we sat the one night. We'd gone out for dinner, and we had a couple of cocktails. And for the first time, we had this really open, honest conversation. And I said to him, I can't believe you made me go through all this. And he looked at me, and he said to me, you know What? do you realize what I went through? And I'd never asked. And he said to me, watching your disappointment is worse than anything. So, yeah, we got to this like thing and I was like, oh my word, what do we do now? And we decided, you know what? We make peace. And we have an amazing life. I have a beautiful little nephew and I could be his second mom. And we get all the pros of being the fun uncle, the fun aunt, the showering them with love, the spoils, the everything. We get to send him home sugared up (laughs) and, you know, snot noses and all of that. None of that stuff is our worry. Would I take it in a flash? Of course. But it's not the path meant for me. And it's okay. And it took me seven long years to go. It's okay I don't have to be a mother To be defined
1: You need to write a book Because I mean 30 minutes Is not, not nearly enough to, for, us to, for you to share What you've been through I mean I'm sitting here And I'm lost for words And I can talk right <laughs> But you, you, you really owe us as women A book Just give it a thought And just so you know I need for you to know that there is a 55-year-old lady out there that I know who's actually friends with my mother. Yes. Who was ridiculed and called names by her own sisters and members of the community because she was barren. A couple of months ago, she gave birth. (gasps) 55. Oh, how amazing. I'll I'll just leave you with that for now. Right? Mm. Exactly. So... I'll just park it there Mm -hmm. And I don't believe in coincidences The fact that you and Sherry Ann Came into the studio on the very same day And I'm talking about Sherry Ann And her role as a doula Yeah I'll leave it there Mm -hmm. And I don't believe in coincidences The universe has a way The universe can have a sense of humor But it's no coincidence that you came here today Mm. And Sherry-Ann is here with us today. I'll just leave it there. Okay. I just want us to gently move away because I don't want you to spoil that beautiful makeup of yours, right? (laughs) So now, you founded the I Am Enough campaign.
0: Yes, I did. So, you know, when when I say to you, it took me so long to realize that I'm not defined and I don't need to be a mother. I... Like Sherry Ann, I decided on this journey, and I entered the Tammy Taylor Mrs. essay. And um, I was sitting with a friend, chatting about it, and I said to you know, I've entered this competition, and everyone talks about what is your purpose? What is your purpose? And I thought, like, I I don't know what my purpose as such is, to be honest. However, I entered because I wanted to tell women out there that you know it's okay if you can't have a baby and it's okay if you choose not to have a baby and it's okay if you choose to have a baby and it's okay if you choose to be a working mom or a stay-at-home mom or a single mother it doesn't matter the beauty of all of this is that you can choose and you have free will and that that's what's so amazing and i said to you know i i took me so long but i've realized that the way i am is enough and and I'm enough for me and if I'm not enough for you then you know what that's your problem not mine and she looked at me and she said that's your purpose that's what you should do you should start this campaign you should you should hashtag it and you should get going and you know make it and I was like mm, okay like sounds a bit psycho but you know let's let's try it i mean what's the worst that can happen you know and um it actually got off really nicely and i initially just wanted to get out my message to couples and people battling with fertility because I speak from this point of reference and I, I've, I've been around the block 22 times I can literally when I say to you x y and z I I can say it and also in the same breath I didn't want to put people off of it I didn't want to scare them but I wanted to have them prepared and so that you know you know it might work you might land up with triplets or it might be my story where it doesn't work But it's okay, you're going to get to the top, they're battered, bruised, and, you know, it might be very ugly when you get to the top, but the view will be amazing. And the more I thought about it, I was like, you know, a friend of mine told me about something that she was facing, and she said to me, with her little one, and she said, oh, Adal, you probably feel like, really, I would give my left arm to have that problem. And I remember saying to but no, that, that is a really big issue in your life. And I may not understand it because I don't have a child. Just like you don't understand some of the problems I'm facing. But it doesn't mean that your problem is any less or more important than mine. And I then looked at the campaign and I thought, you know what? I want everyone out there to embrace whatever challenge you're faced. Whether it's a new job whether it's being thrown out of a job, whether it's falling pregnant and you're not married or not being able to fall pregnant or, you know, your boyfriend breaking up with you or any of those things. Whatever you are challenged with does not define you. They make you stronger. And at the end of the day, how you face it head on and how you like bat it out of the park is what defines you. That is what makes you a stronger person. And at the end of the day, for me, being a kind person is what is the definition of being, you know, of what you should be. It doesn't matter what you look like, what shape you are, what color you are, what if you're male or female. If you're kind, that is what you're defined by. And that's what I want to reach with with my campaign is inevitably for everyone to... Grab your challenges, face them head on and say, I'm not defined and I am enough just the way I am. Love that. Love that. Thank you.
1: Now, I also want to know about the Surgeons for Little Lives. What is that about?
0: Yeah. So Surgeons is very close to my heart. I practiced as a physio for 15 years and I worked at Baraguanath Hospital during my, um, student life and, um, Surgeons is, it's a couple of doctors who have started this foundation and Chris, one of the founders, I remember him telling us how they got to it. And he said they were driving up um, Houghton road and there was this big sign donate to the Red Cross hospital, children's hospital. And he was like, hold on. Why is everyone in Josie donating to Cape town? When we have two huge pediatric hospitals right here in Joburg with Barra and I can't pronounce it. Charlotte, mm, that one. (laughs) (laughs) The old Joburg Gen. It was still Joburg Gen when I was there. Showed you how long ago that was. And they they head up the paediatric unit at Barra and at um, Joburg Gen. And um, they last year I went out and I rode Joburg to Sea, which is a nine day, nine hundred kilometer mountain bike race, to raise funds for them. And we we all were 45 riders, and we all raised funds. And all those funds have, you can actually see where the money's going, which is what's so amazing. So they've put up a play park, like the ones that you get at Spur and Pappuccinos, those fancy ones. They've put that up at Barragornath Hospital for these children who are there for weeks, sometimes months at end. They've put up a, um, a new outpatients department where the moms can actually Spend time with them. They're busy with a lactation unit where moms can breastfeed in private and not in the hall of a, a waiting room or a hall of a hospital. And they've also, you know, they've got Johnson's and Johnson's that partners with a Burns unit. So they work with all these people and MediClinic that's come on board. And it's just been so amazing to be able to play a small little part in their, in these kids' lives. And I think for me, it was such an easy choice to get involved there because A, healthcare for me is a big thing. I believe that just because you don't have money doesn't mean you're not entitled to brilliant healthcare. And secondly, with us not having children, I have so much love to give. And if I can give it to someone else's kid, why not? So yeah, surgeons is, I'm an ambassador for them and I've done a couple of outreaches with them just taking cupcakes, spending some time with the kids. And I leave and I always feel so bad about it because I leave there so fulfilled and my heart is so full when I leave. And I hope that those kids have a little bit of fullness that I get from them at the same time. You know, I mean, I,
1: I like I said, I, I, I had to go through your profile and your bio and obviously read that you were a physiotherapist for 15 years. And I mean, that, that, that was a great service that you, that you, you know, you gave yourself yeah. and you put yourself out there as a servant, right? Yeah. And then you get a hand injury, which forced you into retirement.
0: Yeah, you know, I I was, funnily enough, I actually saw a physio for my neck this morning. And she said to me, we we're very good friends. And she said to me, did you ever think 10 years ago that this is where you would be? And I said to you, no, never. I never. I had wanted to be a physio since the age of four. It's the only thing I ever wanted to do. I had the most amazing career. I traveled overseas with international sports. I did everything. And two years ago, I started getting extremely bad pain in my hand and I would just work through it. And you go to the doctor and you get a cortisone injection and you just work through it, or I take a day off or whatever. But it got to such a point where I wasn't working to my full capacity. I couldn't, my patients weren't getting better quick enough for my liking. They were still getting better, but they weren't, they weren't getting the dull treatment and the, an ultimate moment came to me when a a patient said to me are you pushing as hard as you normally do I was shattered I mean when they left I said to my husband I I, I can't, I can't do this disservice to someone I can't take someone's money when I know they're not getting my 120% because that's the only way I operate and um, I took time off and then I thought okay it will be better and I didn't and I eventually, I had surgery this year, April. And, you know, I'm hoping I I will, I will always stay a physio. And I'm hoping to, you know, by next year, maybe go back and do a bit of locum work here and there. But I've in the meantime managed to open my own little business. And, you know, that was a scary thing because I have this skill. I have this amazing skill that translates into no other profession. When you take a physiotherapist and you cut her hands off, she can do nothing, literally. I mean, I can't go into business. They, they go, well, what, what business background do you have? I ran my practice for 15 years. Oh, no, sorry. Do you have marketing experience? Yeah, I had to get doctors to send me. Oh, no, that's not enough. And it's so scary. And that's what we don't realize in the medical profession is that we actually, you have such a niche skill. But you're almost useless in any other market. So I had to, I decided to go into beauty because I love people. I could stay as professional as I was doing physio. And yeah, and I opened my own business. So that was that. But you know, and we don't know. We'll see where the rest of the, the, journey takes us one chapter
1: closed and another, another one, one opened, opened. Exactly. exactly now i believe i mean as as, as one of the finalists in the missus south africa competitions you yes. are also tasked with raising funds for the women for women profit
0: that's right n-
1: non-profit organization that yes
0: that is correct so i um we all doing events so i am doing an event on the 6th of september at Jamili restaurant in bryanston Who they are also my gold sponsor. So it's amazing. And we've, it's, they like my family and it, um, is going to be a soiree evening. Um, you know, you can bring your partner and we're going to just have a fantastic little like cocktails and dinner and champagne. And we've got some entertainment and it's, yeah, I'm hoping to just raise some awareness around the foundation and obviously get in the cash. So if anyone wants to throw some cash at us. Go for it. <laughs>
1: we love cash, of course. We love cash. Now, finally, what would you like written on your tombstone?
0: You know, when I heard you ask that for Sherry, I thought, what would I want written? And I thought, oh, a lot of those words would probably not be applicable to radio. <laughs> but I. Uh, this is unradio. Central is un-radio. <laughs> un-radio so radio. say it. Say it. No, I, you know what? On my tombstone, I would love it to say she changed my life. There was nothing, there was no swearing there. No, the the initial one was, but it's okay. (laughs) You're not going to say it, are you? No, it's fine. Not in
1: front of the pasta, right? No,
0: no, no. Sherry gives me the eyeball.
1: (laughs) Adele Quillen, you've been in. Incredible in sharing your story. I know it was not easy for you to share Thank it, but you. it is important for us to have these conversations because you don't know how many other women you're helping out there. That's Thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: My humble opinion, after all, this is the opinion booth, but these come in the words of Trace- Tracy Ellis Ross. I need to... See my own beauty and to continue to be reminded that I am enough. That I am worthy of love without effort. That I am beautiful. That the texture of my hair and the shape of my curves, the size of my lips, the color of my skin and the feelings that I have are all worthy and okay. Aspire to inspire before you expire.
0: This is CliffCentral.com